On this episode, you will learn that God has given you something that can release his power in your life. And when your heart gets in agreement with this, supernatural power from above will change your life for the better. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for. Until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited to continue talking about dominating on earth in your area of gifting. To do so, you're going to have to decide on whether you're going to follow Jesus or religion, whether you're going to believe what Jesus said or what religion is saying. Religion is saying, come on, do you really think that you can have what you say? You sound like that name it and claim it group of crazy believers. Well, listen to what Jesus said, and I'm quoting the Bible. Mark 11, 22 and 23. And Jesus answering and said unto them, Have faith in God. For truly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now, let me ask you, who is left out of whosoever? Nobody, right? Either everybody that has faith in God can have what they say, or Jesus was lying. And we know that the Son of God cannot lie. Now, there is another component that Jesus said must be added to the words we say, and that's believing in your heart. He said, if you will say even to a mountain to move and believe in your heart, it will obey you. And he didn't say this would happen for only super spiritual people. He said it would happen for whosoever. Some religious people have said this kind of power stopped when the last apostle of Jesus died. That can't be true because this kind of power was working in men before Jesus came to earth. I'm going to the Old Testament now. The book of Joshua, verses 12 and 13. This is when the the people of God were fighting a battle against five other armies and the sun was about to go down and they needed the light so they can finish the battle. Listen to what Joshua did. Verse 12 says, Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of all Israel, Son, stand you still upon Gibeon. Now he's talking to the sun. He goes on to say, And you, moon, In the valley of Angelon, and the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasser? 
So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down about a whole day. Joshua lived a long time before Jesus, and he got what he said about the sun because he believed it in his heart. How did Joshua develop this kind of power to have what he said? He followed God's instructions. Listen to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Joshua meditated in the principles of God's word until it got in his heart. This is why this doesn't work for most believers. It's not in their heart yet. When I realized this, I started listening to messages from preachers who taught these principles. I would even go to sleep with headphones on, listening to these principles. I started meditating in God's word until it got into my heart. When it got in my heart and I started speaking, I saw the power of God at work to bring it to pass. When I was struggling financially trying to provide for my young children, I meditated in Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 through 13 until prosperity got in my heart. And I started calling money and blessings in and they obeyed me and they came. It's not just words alone. You have to believe in your heart. But if you believe in your heart and you're speaking wrong, it won't work either. For example, one time I went to Mexico to try out for this team to play professional baseball. On the way there, God spoke to my heart and said, I have a job for you on this team. After showing them how I could play, they told me no three times that I went to them that the job was not for me. They were waiting on another American to come and the job would be given to him. Now, I know God didn't lie to me and I was pretty sure it was his voice I heard. So what do I do? I did what someone would do if they believed they have a job. I did not go home. So one day I'm sitting at lunch with a couple of the American players who were told that they were on the team and they knew I was told I would not be on the team. So they asked me, why are you still here? Listen to the answer I gave. I said, I believe I have a job here. I didn't say I believe I'm going to get a job. I said, I believe I have a job. Of course, they looked at me like I had lost my mind. But a day or so later, the team changed their mind and decided to keep me on the team. Later in the season, I saw the team release the two guys who thought I was out of my mind, and they were sent home. I played the entire season on the team, and the sports writers in the city voted me to be the most valuable player on the team. Now, my words could have stopped all that from happening. If I had said to those two guys, I believe I'm going to get a job, going to, is future tense, which means that I don't have it yet and I wouldn't have got the job. You see, this is not faith when we talk in the future because faith is now. Faith is present. I've shared on previous episodes that before Jesus went to the cross, he already had said, I have overcome the world. As far as he was concerned, it was already done. You see, I had learned this from those who were teaching these principles from the Bible. This is how Jesus talked all the time. When Jesus was told in John chapter 11 that Lazarus was sick, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but Lazarus died. Was Jesus lying? Of course not. He was speaking faith. He was speaking the end result. By the time Jesus got to Lazarus, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And what did Jesus do? 
he told him to roll away the stone where Lazarus was buried. And listen to what he said. He said, Lazarus, come forth. That's all he said. And Lazarus obeyed his words and came back to life and walked out of the tomb with his grave clothes on. This same Jesus who did this said, the works that I do, you will do also. Who was he talking to? Whosoever that has faith in God. If you believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth, you will have what you say. I remember a minister who had a reaction to poison ivy every time he touched it. But he was determined to develop his faith to believe that poison ivy would not have an effect on him. He started saying that poison ivy has no effect on me. Then he would touch it and have a reaction. He kept saying it and touching it for days and weeks, and the same reaction happened. Then there came a day that he touched it, and it had no effect on him from that day forward. What happened? He finally got in his heart the words that he was saying. When your words and your heart agree, you can release the power of God in your life. This is not for a few special people that God loves. God wants to be believed. He is looking for those who will believe him. Some people wonder why God chose David in the Old Testament to be king over his people, thinking that David was just a shepherd boy, but he was much more than a shepherd boy. He believed God and moved in these principles of faith that are released with words. Listen to this account here. I'm in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41 through 50. Let me set the stage for this. The people of God were fighting against the Philistines. David's brothers were in the army, and David's father sent him to take food to his brothers. When David got there, David sees this giant. I mean, he's a big boy. I've heard that this guy was probably taller than nine feet tall. And so he was out talking mess to the army of God. And David came and heard this guy talking. He was challenging somebody to come out and fight him. And all of the men in the army were afraid because this guy was so big. So David comes up and sees this guy and says, hey, why you, what y'all doing? Why are you letting this guy talk about your mother like that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. No, he said, why are you letting this guy talk about us like this? Why isn't anybody going out to challenge him? So David goes to the king and says, hey, I could take this guy. And the king says, son, come on now, settle down. This man is a man of war, and you're just a young kid. He said, I could do it. I killed a bear, and I killed a lion that tried to take the sheep. I could do it. And so he finally talked the king into letting him go. And now I'm going to pick up at verse 41. And the Philistine came and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about, and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and ruddy, and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that you come to me with stabs? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, and with a spear, and with a shield? But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, listen to what David says, this day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and take your head off from you. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not by sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took a stone and slung it and hit the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sleeve and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they ran off. David did exactly what he said. He knew God would work with him by the words he spoke and believed in his heart. And God will do the same for you. Become perfected in speaking words that you believe in your heart. There is no limit as to what can happen for you because God has no limits. Listen to James 1.26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. This is telling us we need to watch what we're saying. And if we don't watch what we're saying, our faith in God is vain. We release God in our lives with words that we speak and believe in our heart. Listen to James chapter 3, verses 2 through 12. For in many things we offend all. If any man offends not in word, the same as a perfect man or a mature man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be great, are driven of fierce winds. Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, wherever the captain desires. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body, and it's set on fire of the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, of birds, and of serpents, of things in the sea is tamed, and has been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. This means we need the Spirit of God to help us to tame our tongue. Verse 8 again, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we man, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. This is telling us that we need to watch what we're saying and we need to watch the words that are coming out of our mouth. You know, when I first received the Lord Jesus Christ, just about my whole vocabulary was four-letter words. Nobody had to tell me I needed to change my vocabulary. I knew it on the inside, and I did. But it didn't happen overnight. And now that I'm understanding the value of words, I'm very careful about the words that I speak. I don't speak doubt and fear. 
And I very rarely speak about the future of what God is going to do. I speak as if it's already done. I'm working to perfect my speech to speak like Jesus. Jesus would not set a standard for us that we can't attain. We can do what he said we could do. And there is an army of believers coming who would dominate with words. I've mentioned a YouTube video about a minister named Tommy Hicks. Way back in the 1960s, God gave him a vision of this army of believers that will come on the scene before Jesus returns. And one of the things he pointed out about this army of believers is that they were from every different walk of life. And he kept hearing them say this, according to my words, be it unto you. And the miracles happened for the people. They knew the value of words and they had trained their hearts to agree. This is what we can walk in and change the world. Or we can settle for powerless religion. If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we die, we're going to heaven. But we have failed at our responsibility on earth if we don't bring heaven to earth, which will impact the lives of others for good. We bring heaven to earth with words we speak and believe in our hearts the same way that Jesus did it. We take dominion on earth with words that we believe in our heart. This is how we change the world for good. We change the world with words. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. I was